Speak softly loud and hold me warm against your heart. I hear your words. Welcome, everybody. Another episode of Hollywood Godfather Podcast. This happens to be my favorite podcast. Pat, is it yours? <laughs> well, uh, for a variety of reasons that we'll talk about. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. That's my co-writer and compadre, Pat Picciarelli, who wrote yep. the book, and a young genius, millennium, millennium, whatever. <laughs> millennial. Millennial. One day. Yeah, we'll get One it. day, <laughs> millennial. All 153 Megan shows. Megan Haran. Haran, yes. Haran. Yes. Hello, everyone. Okay. Well, okay, then. We have a, a request that Pat has been working on. Why don't yes, you fill we, us do. we have uh, a, a, a listener named Phil uh, who contacted us. And he said, you know, uh, one of the uh, little known crimes that the mafia was involved with was pornography. And, that, and that's true. You know, they don't like to brag about it. They, you know, not that they brag about what they do. Some do. But, uh, you know, they were known to be involved with, uh, at the time in the 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, gambling, prostitution, they started to get into drugs, et cetera, et cetera. But the pornography business, which gave them great profits, fueled these other endeavors. Yeah, but the, uh, the reason for that also, you know, is their quote-unquote family morals. <laughs> yes. They didn't want their uh, daughters, wives, or girlfriends knowing they were in the porno business. <laughs> well, you know, they got the idea, the research I've been doing, and I have some personal experience with the, in the NYPD with a sting which I'll get into in a second. But the uh, point business is uh, primarily based uh, out of California, the San Fernando Valley. Yep. Uh, there's, there's quite a few uh, pornography production companies that shoot in that area. And the mob, always looking for another angle where they can uh, they could profit, said, you know, we should get involved in this. But they didn't want to get involved in it at the initial uh, phase of producing these movies. They wanted to extort the companies that were already producing them. Well, they in other were words, they were also offering protection. Yeah, well, protection against them, basically. Right. <laughs> and, you know, police and, and all that. But they went in. It was basically uh, 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 an extortion plot. But these movies were making a lot of money. Uh, they were illegal at the time. And uh, that's how they get involved. But there were uh, a couple of Colombo family members, the Pereno uh, uh, brothers, Joseph, Anthony, and Louis, that decided they were going to get into business for real. And they produced a movie which made them very wealthy in 1972 called Deep Throat. Uh, and this was the first co uh, commercially produced and advertised porn movie, illegal or not. Oh, it was, it was huge. I mean, I, I think everybody in the world. Well, you know, when you're the first Who was the star? Linda Lovelace or somebody like that? Oh, the, yeah, that was Linda Lovelace. Marilyn Chambers was in uh, Behind the Green Door. Yeah. Uh, which came out. How do I know that, Pat? <laughs> Apparently a lot of research uh, uh, on, on your part. Uh, anyway, uh, they uh, discovered the golden goose. Everybody wanted to to, uh, to get involved. All the theaters, those of you who were old enough to know uh, Times Square when it was in its heyday, as I do, it was uh, the epicenter for every criminal activity you can think of. Pornography being one of them. Now, it was still illegal. But the theaters were showing porn films. Basically, nobody was stopping them because 
with all the additional crime problems that the city had, the uh, they either figured it was a victimless crime, which it was not, uh, because some of these women were forced into it, and the profits, as I said, were going to fuel other criminal activities. Uh, but you also have to consider that the NYPD in the 60s and early 70s wasn't exactly pure. But wasn't Giuliani one of the top guys to clean up 42nd Street? Yeah, well, he started. Uh, it wasn't easy. He got the corporations involved. But uh, the Colombo family uh, kicked it off, and they made a lot of money here. Uh, uh, and they uh, started to uh, uh, be involved virtually with every production company that was producing pornography. They were getting a piece of it. And there was a lot of money to be made. That's interesting, so from, if my memory, you know, Knowing the dates that you're tell, talking about, Joe Sr. died in 71. So that, yeah. was, that was in the heyday of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, these three brothers, the Pirano brothers, there was so much to be made that it created a rift among the three brothers. And on January, uh, January 4, 1982, uh, gunmen, plural, uh, shot one of the members of the Perino, uh, uh, shot, uh, shot down Anthony's brother, Joseph, and his nephew, Joseph Jr., in a residential area in Gravesend, Brooklyn. If you know anything about Gravesend, it sounds sinister, but it's a nice residential area. Uh, Joseph was known as the Whale. He was, uh, this is Joseph Perino. He was uh, uh, paralyzed, and his uh, nephew was killed. Uh, another shooter, uh, in typical mob fashion, accidentally shot and killed a nun during the hit. Wow. Uh, yeah. What was she uh, doing, coming out of church? <laughs> what was she? You know, I'm thinking maybe she was dressed up and she was one of the uh, actors uh, in, the, in the film. But no, no, she was she was a real nun. And she was she was whacked in this wow. in this mob killing. That must have went over big with the church. You know, I was on the job then, and it was kind of low-key because this happened about the time when a nun was raped in Brooklyn and rather in uh, Manhattan in the two six precinct, which is uh, East Harlem. And all the media attention went to that rape because the rapist, when he broke into the rectory uh, to steal uh, silver and whatever, he was, he was a junkie, whatever he can get his hands on, was confronted by the nun. She was raped and they carved a crucifix on her chest. Oh. And this incensed a hell of a lot of people, including the mafia, who wanted this guy caught. First of all, it was on their turf. There's no crime in East Harlem. People leave keys in their cars. No problems there. I remember uh, that well. In fact, that's where uh, the infamous re restaurant Rails is located. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm have, go go up three, go up th four, six blocks. It's Patsy's on 119. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I mean, it was it was a very very safe area. In a, a heart of Harlem, and this incensed everybody, and it sort of took the heat off this nun shooting. Uh, eventually, this is how our friend uh, Bo Deedle, uh got his fame. He found the guy with oh, his really? partner. Oh, that, yeah, that's how he got uh, he got all his notoriety. The NYPD was looking in that area. Could be a junkie, a local guy, which 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 made sense. But uh, Bo, who worked in the precinct at the time knew everybody, he was friendly with the mob guys, and they basically said, find this guy, do whatever you have to do, go on your own dime if you have to, but find this guy. Bo 
and his uh, and his partner, they call Cowboy, I forgot his name, tracked this guy down, I believe, to Chicago, went there, had him locked up and brought him back. Paul was immediately uh, promoted to, to detective along with Cowboy. That's and uh, But the killing of the nun, not so much media on it for some strange reason. Hmm. Anyway, uh, the mob went on to start uh, their own 35 millimeter labs, because uh, film labs, because there was no video back then. If you had to shoot a movie, you sh- shot it with film. Well, they owned the film labs, and the ones that they didn't own, they got a piece of. You mean eight millimeter? Uh, thirty-five millimeter. They were shooting thirty-five. Yeah, that's the most expensive film in the world. They were making the money, and they wanted good, good copy. Wow, you know, uh, and the way they would, you know, they didn't have, a, you know, legitimate film distribution. So what, uh, what these wise guys would do is every place that this film was shown. They would have uh, one of their guys in the theater counting heads to make sure that they weren't cheated out of the uh, out of the uh, ticket sales. Every theater uh, across the country, wow. and uh, the mob uh, had the muscle to distribute. They had tentacles coast to coast, and there was some uh, people that you knew who were involved in this. But there was one guy, uh, anybody who's kept up with uh, mafia history, a guy by the name of uh, Robert DiBernard, who was, who was known as DB, yeah. was John Gotti's crew. Uh, and uh, this was after the uh, Castellano hit when uh, Gotti was trying to show his strength. And every now and then... You, and they, you know, were still, they were still in it then? Yeah, they were still in it. Yeah, they were still... They were still in it up until the advent of the internet, when all this stuff got to be free. It was just on the down low, and they didn't want anybody to know they were in it. But Di Bernardo was the Gambino guy uh, that was running all their porn business and making a lot of money, and he was a huge earner. So he uh, he pisses off Gotti because Gotti called a meeting, and DB didn't, didn't show up. up. And he had him whacked for not showing up at the meeting because Gotti had just taken power and he didn't want uh, people disrespecting him. So he gets this guy clipped and he was the biggest earner in the Gambino family and he kills him. Yeah, but the bottom line is he put somebody in there to give him the money. Well, of course he did. But, you know, you you want to leave the guy in who's running the operation. Who knows? Not if he's not being disrespectful. Sorry. Well, I know. Disrespectful. He he didn't go. I I would not think that if this uh, act of disrespect, allegedly, and I'm using air quotes here, happened five years into Gotti's reign, and a guy missed the meeting. He didn't diss the guy. Uh, he just didn't make the meeting. But he. I'm uh, telling that you, I know the. Well, you. The one thing I do know about that: if there's a meeting, yeah, you better be on your deathbed that you don't show. Oh, really? Okay, but you know more than I do about this stuff. No, I'm saying. Anyway, I was. I was I was just just surprised that they would have they, they would have you know thought of some other sanction other than killing the guy. Yeah, but they put somebody guys. else in, and and probably DB was probably getting more money than they wanted him to have. So they brought a new yeah, guy probably, in and said, "Give you." Yeah, I well, know what they do. I remember. Yeah, when I, they, I, I, I remember when yeah. they whacked Tommy Bellotti with Paul Castellano. He had three million dollars on the street in Staten Island. Three million. And John gave it to a guy I can't mention his name because he's still alive, 
But John said, this is what you get. We're giving this as a gift. We get the rest now. That's what they do. They're so greedy. Apparently. And, and they just give them an excuse to disrespect you or me or them. That's it. Whack them. He's getting too well, big for his britches. I would think at the time that this was their cash cow. Uh, they, they they wound up uh, getting uh, uh, video cassette uh, duplicating machines. Uh, you know, there was no the, the only way to view these movies was either in the movies or on a video cassette. Uh, it cost them three dollars a copy to make, and they sold them retail for ninety bucks. Well, there you that's go. A, a hell of a profit. Yeah, uh, and thousands of these were sold. Uh, out of stores in the Times Square area. I worked in the Times Square area. Every other store sold or operated or was involved in some way in some kind of pornography. Uh, There was what was known as peep shows. I don't know if our listeners are uh, are aware of what they were. You went in off the street to one of these uh, storefronts and you went in a booth and it cost you uh, X number of dollars for a certain length of time. I think it was two minutes. And a screen or a curtain was uh, drawn back and it was a live woman there performing sex acts. And every couple of minutes, the screen would, the curtain would shut and you had to put in more money and more money and more money. And that's how they made their money. The peep shows on 42nd between Broadway and 8th, there had to be five of them, at least that I recall. And there was no enforcement. I mean, we were there to do a, a, a job. But uh, they said, you know, uh, that's not your job. That's Vice's job. I was in uniform, tactical patrol force. They did what they had to do. It got to a point, though, that it was an embarrassment. Times Square got it, got the reputation of being like the black hole of Calcutta. I mean, every every uh, uh, vice crime was committed on that street. So they decided they were going to uh, infiltrate the mob and uh, put an end to uh, the mafia's involvement in porn. So here's the brilliant idea they had. They were going to start their own pornography production company, their own film company. And they got cops and they got the people from the film industry to teach them uh, theater terms and get equipment. Uh, They weren't going to actually make a movie. They wanted the word out that they were going to make a movie, thereby uh, luring in the wise guys to shake them down and they lock everybody up for extortion. That was the plan. The New York Post got a hold of this story before it happened. They said, cops make porn movie. I'll never forget this. There was no movie ever made. But the city was embarrassed. The mayor was embarrassed. And they shut the whole thing down before they arrested anybody. <laughs> so and that, that was the end of the pornography enforcement. Okay, so uh, uh, big guys started to, to take control over this. Uh, Jimmy Fradiano, who was in that infamous picture at the Starlight, Amphitheater. Oh yeah, he was a he was a captain, right? Yeah. Okay, he was involved. And a rat. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was involved with a guy named Mickey Fine, uh, who owned uh, a lot of uh, adult bookstores in Chicago. He was sent to prison for something else. About this time, it was a Supreme Court ruling, which uh, couldn't define pornography other than to say everybody has their own taste and what they can tolerate as far as entertainment goes, which basically made pornography legal. And that's uh, where it stands today. uh, The the rule is still that way. 
Yeah, it still is. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, free porn on on the internet. So the uh, the mob slowly. I mean, they were still in, in, in pornography, but it wasn't the the kind of money they were making because the people who were making the films weren't making that kind of money anymore because of the uh, obviously it was free. They sort of uh, moved into kiddie porn, which you never hear anything about. Wow! But they're in the mob is in kiddie porn. Yeah. Jesus. According to uh, people that I know on the job and other law enforcement. Uh, That's shocking to me. It, it is. And I, I don't think they're doing it as, as a as a uh, sanctioned business. They don't sit down and say, how's the kiddie porn doing, Angelo? You know, what I mean, they're doing it on their own, just like they were selling drugs on their own back in the day. But, you know, excess cash, you want to invest in somewhere. But it's very dangerous. And a lot uh, most of this stuff is not done in the United States. It's all offshore stuff. They're investing with the Albanians or however they're doing it. Oh, you mean kiddie yeah, porn? Yeah, but not. I don't think it's on a big scale anymore, uh, like it used to be maybe when it started. But uh, tell us about some of these people that 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 you knew, Johnny. That uh... well, ba- basically, when they went out to the West Coast, you know, Pete Pete Milano had big power out there. He basically lived in in Palm Beach. I knew the whole family. Bobby Milano, his brother, the, our audiences may know if they're old enough. Bobby Milano married Keely Smith, Louis Prima's ex-wife. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's funny because even Jimmy Cacci, they were big customers of mine in Vegas because when I had the club, the first club, you know, uh, Tiffany's at the Tropicana, these guys will come in. It's like a two-hour drive from Palm Springs. And they'd come there in the weekends and unload a lot of money. And I knew who they were and I didn't care what, you know, they didn't make it so obvious, but I knew they were shaking down everybody in L.A. And they were the arm in L.A. And and they were connected not only to Chicago, they were connected to New York and up in Providence, Rhode Island. You know, somebody uh, back in the day, he's, he's passed away, but a guy by the name of... Uh... They called uh, Andre. His name was Andrew. The uh, Peace. No, I didn't know him. He was the uh, Colombo guy, uh, the last Colombo guy to be uh, in charge of this uh, porno operation. There were a couple of uh, Lucchese guys in the business. They were close to the uh, uh, Tessetas in New Jersey. That would be northern New Jersey, I would think. Did you know them? Yeah, well, they control them. Oh, uh, the crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and. Uh, and there were some Kansas City guys, and I couldn't get any names. But the Kansas City was involved, too. Well, I don't Kansas know if City want, had to be the Savellas or know about it. Yeah. You'd have to get yeah. the okay. But, you know, that that's the strange thing with the younger kids. I mean, it's like if we reflect on the dialogue from the movie The Godfather, the old-timers didn't want to get into drugs. But when yeah. they saw the money, they were losing. And Joe Bonanno was the first one to start it. They had to get in. And a lot of old timers just turned there. They didn't want. To, they made believe they didn't know what was going on, but they knew. And uh, but the, you know, Jimmy Kachi, I I did him a big favor because it's ironic that we're talking about this because when Jimmy said I got my brother, my younger brother Jerry, he wants to come out. I want you to give him a job. I said, send him out. He stayed with me like eight nine years. Jimmy Kachi, just last week had a head-on collision up in Buffalo and died. 
He must have been up there in years. This guy was involved. Uh, oh, yeah, no, he was... Jerry should have been late 70s, early 60s, his younger brother. Okay. No. Uh, and, and what they would do with these films that they were duplicating at a tremendous uh, uh, profit, like a 6,000% profit, uh, they would go to uh, arcades across the country and give them these films, the owners of these arcades, for free, for 50% of the uh, of the gate. Right. And it was it's profit on top of profit on top of profit. So well, if my uh, memory serves right, Pete Milano not only was in the a legitimate real estate business in L.A., he was in the vending machine business. So that's a definite connection there. Oh, that's an end right there. You know, uh, the Bonanos had uh, uh, Mickey Zaffirano and Tommy Sinopoli. Right. Did you know? Yeah, uh, in, in L.A. Uh, but you know, it's so hard. funny because we talk about uh, our agent, Mr. Frank Wyman. Frank Wyman was around these guys in L.A. when I met Bill Bonanno and 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 uh, these two other guys you're just talking about. <laughs> yeah, he. You know, one thing about Frank, uh, he's a literary agent. Literary agents don't do this stuff. They sit in their office and they they either uh, cash checks or write checks. Frank's a hands-on guy. He's a street guy. Well, he you know, he, he, he loved the. I mean, anything with the mob. I mean, when he contacted me in '95. He was enamored with the world, you know, that, that whole life. Well, I tell you, he brought together uh, uh, Joe Castone and uh, uh, Joe Bonanno's son to write a book together. Oh, I know. How, how, do you, how do you even think of that? And, uh, and Pistone, for those of you who don't know, uh, he was on the cover for nine years. He was Donnie Brasco. They made a movie out of him. Right. And he, he gets him together with a, with, a, with a captain in the Bonanno crew. Joe Bonanno's son, nonetheless. The Frank's a, yeah, he was a, he's a dynamo. Uh, well, I, I, like have said, to, I have to credit him for putting you and I together. Not that I'm anybody, but <laughs> yeah, the two opposites, right? I mean, it's uh, not that I've yeah, done anything wrong with organized crime, but I, you know, it was yeah. it was rumored for a while. <laughs> and the last, you know, not to uh, leave any of the families out, uh, the last Gambino guy in the business was a guy named Chris uh, Ricicci. They called him Big Chris. Uh, he was a captain uh, who controlled uh, porn all the way up to uh, Rhode Island. Yeah. He passed well, away. Well, that's see how that happened. Rhode Island got really involved, and, and, and so did Buffalo. And that was all through the Kachis. And so that, that was, a, you know, that, well, that, that was gone well, right to the know, end of the business. This uh, Ricicci was the last Gambino to, to work the porn industry. And he died in 2001. So, you know, they started to get out of it right. with the advent of the Internet. I mean, the Internet's been around since the mid-90s in, in some strength. But uh, the availability of porn didn't come into the 2000s. There's so many free porn sites now. I mean, they, they can't make any money out of it anymore. I mean, uh, I, so I, it's ironic because just what, what I get on, on seduction emails yeah girls want to show me their pictures i mean there's a whole different business out there now yeah, yeah. from china yes, and russia and everywhere else i mean it, it, it's the, it believe it or not it's, it's it's the same thing teaching on a university level which i do oh professor i'll do anything to pass this course i mean you know how many times i get that uh over the course of a I year i mean it, it, it's it's a whole different society you know i mean yeah. uh 
Well, there was a whole extortion thing going on that some of my doctor friends, believe it or not, because they work so long and they, they, they get these enticing messages. And the next thing you know, she's showing herself off and he's masturbating. And then uh, two or three weeks later, somebody's calling him and saying, we videotaped you. Yeah, you got to be crazy. I know. I mean, everybody- I mean it happened to a very close friend of mine. And I'm saying to myself, are you nuts? Well, what do I know? I know I'm lonely at night. I'm working too many hours. I said, well. <laughs> well, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but that's how I broke into teaching. I had no desire to teach. I mean, I was doing my PI thing. I was starting to write and sell books. And I get a call one day from, the, uh, from a department head in uh, the California University of Pennsylvania who had read my first book and said, uh, are you interested in teaching? And I thought it was some kind of a gag, you know? I mean, at the time I, uh, I had one master's degree, but I wasn't qualified to teach on a university level by any means. Anyway, they had to get somebody really quick because one of the full-time tenured professors there became enamored of a bunch of co-eds. This guy was like in his sixties and he used to go to where all these college girls hung out and he's, uh, he was propositioning them all the time. So, one of these girls was smart. She must have watched CSI for many and wired herself. And she got him on tape making all these uh, demands for passing grades. And be, uh, prior to this, though, she went to the school and oh she said, God. you, you got to do, do something with this guy. But of course, you know, like, like, the, like the FBI, don't embarrass the FBI. Well, don't, uh, don't embarrass higher education. Oh, my just like, Forget about it. Just, you know, yeah, we'll talk to him. Just the alumni alone. Yeah. Well, they never spoke to him. And this girl got him on tape. And she said, well, now you got to listen. And uh, like he said, you can't fire me. I'm a tenured professor. And they threatened to tell his wife. He resigned. They they wrote him a, a recommendation that he was teaching in Florida now. But this well, happened that, overnight. That's nice. They wrote a recommendation. Yeah, well, that's what they do. I, mean, I can tell you how many times this happened. So, th- but this happened overnight because this this co-ed was going to take this to the press. So it happens overnight. They have I'm surprised they didn't just pay her off. She wasn't about to be paid off. Trust me. I, really? I'm sure somebody thought of that. You know, we'll give you the rest of your education for free. Whatever they told her. Oh. I don't. She was not interested. She wanted to get rid of this guy, and good for her. This guy doesn't deserve to be a teacher, oh, obviously. Okay. But anyway. This happens overnight. This guy was carrying a full load of four classes. They have nobody to teach these classes. So they asked me, would I like to teach a class? I said, well, a class. Okay, so I go in and talk to the guy. Next thing you know, I'm teaching four classes. I never taught a day in my life other than in the police academy for a short period of time. That's how I started my career. And I never left there. I'm still in the the same university. 20-something years already. So, I mean, look. This stuff goes on, you know. But Megan, uh, this must be like an enigma in your lifestyle. Pornography yeah, and all yes. I mean, it's so you antiquated. You definitely say that. It's so antiquated. I, I, I'm, I could say publicly, and I know there's nobody could say different. I was never involved with, I never even bought a girly magazine. I, yeah. I feel sorry for these guys. That uh, like I just saw a good friend of mine destroy his career over the last three weeks, and I know this guy well. And we oh, what, did, what did he get caught doing? Yeah, what happened? Well, I'll tell you his name, Chris Note. 
Mr. Oh, Big. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, I can't believe this guy. He's a friend of mine. He comes to my house. Women drop dead. They want to jump on him. Was yeah. it that show? He lost well, you everything. Know, he lost his agency, got fired on the equal, uh, Equalizer now. They're not using yeah. him at all for the exploitation. And this, and then that was, and, and this was that, or what's the new show, Megan? Oh, um, oh, and that was that. No, no, the, the new Sex in the City reboot. Yeah, it's oh, called, and yeah. that was that. And just, and no, it's just, and just like, like that. that. Yeah. I well, mean, the, the guy in his, his I mean, the, the heyday of his life, he used to come on stage with me, even in my appearances here. Yeah, I love the guy. Such a funny guy. Women would drop dead. Women would leave, want to go home with him and leave their husbands there. His uh, his own agent dropped. He's I not represent anymore. But here's the thing with that. This all happened within like a week. Do you think maybe before the the world caves in on him, you should find out whether these accusations are true or not? Well, it's too okay, excuse me. Yeah. The, the type of contracts and endorsements he's losing, these yeah. three girls are not just little kids out of the closet. I know. They're being believed. And, and once that know, happens, but... I've seen it happen to great people. A good friend of mine, Brett Ratner, his career is destroyed. He was part yeah. of that whole Hollywood thing. I mean, you know, it's. Um... I don't know. I like, I, you know, I like to see these guys get their just due. I mean, you know, if you're taking advantage of anybody, yeah, you oh, don't yeah, deserve. I do too. I mean, but... I, I don't believe in. There's so many women. Well, like especially with Chris, they would, they would love to just have a picture with you sleeping in their bed. It's not about sex. It's about power. Well, I don't yeah, know. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah his wife. Uh, I was, I was reading some quotes in the in, in the media. Said she's in California now and she's uh, not doing well. Well, his wife. I can imagine. Again, yeah, his life is collapsing in, in more than in a lot of ways. Well, the yeah, wife, but, first of all, I know, and she has one son with him, and but she just lived out there and, and they had a, a different life, and I'm sure she's embarrassed by her son. But there's there's no reason in the world for me, to, knowing the guy so well, yeah. that. Why, why do this? Power. It's a power trip. That's all it is. You know, if you can, if you can get anybody basically that you want, I mean, it, the fact that he's got the, the acting thing and he's a good looking guy and he's got everything going for him. Why are you picking on subordinates that you're working with, that you have sway over, that can drop a dime on you? You know, you get you don't live in, a, in, 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 in reality when you do these things. I mean, everybody... This the the the, uh, the height of the Me Too movement. Granted, some of these things are older, but uh, I mean, you got to be out of your mind to do this stuff. I am so careful in school. I won't even compliment someone if they if they look good. Well, don't you look nice today? I'll never say anything like that. Well, we ever. can't anymore. Even, I'm, I'm not talking about students. Students of Robotin, you don't say anything to them. But even to somebody that I work with, somebody well, comes even in. Co workers. I mean, the same thing with with the, the, the finally finally. They got the Como brothers. Hello. Yeah. It's uh it's, they it's got such a, a strange they got, world out there. I don't know. They got Chris's they got Chris's uh, uh Chris Cuomo's producer last week. I they know. fired him. And this guy was a real freak. Yeah. I mean he was gone in a in a, in a heartbeat. 
But you know, uh, to me, it's like a, it's a shame. And, and not, not, I mean, I, I don't know how we got on track with this, but it's it's crazy how first of all, these women subject themselves to it, like you said. A lot of them yeah. are forced to get into pornography. Yeah. And but somebody like has a celebrity that can be with anybody they want to be, or if the girl don't want to be with you, say goodbye. If a girl don't want to be with me, I'm out the door faster than anybody. Or don't, I wouldn't even talk to you again. That's okay. It's like you're saying I don't like apple pie, and I do. See you okay. later. That's okay. Yeah. No, what's the problem? You know. Yeah, it's but, so uh, different than that, though. It starts off. It begins with a permissive society and a pornography thing. And, and I'm not saying good or bad, but it, it gives uh, people the idea that they can do what they want to do. And I'm who I am, and who's going to believe you? Well, now you'll believe before any solid oh, yeah. evidence. They don't, if there's other, a doubt, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, other than it's true. All, 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 they, all they have now is the word of these people. That's all they have. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying it is true. I'm saying that's all they have. There's no evidence. If you deny it, uh, you're wrong. They're right. Well, you, know, you don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't believe he would just walk away. There must be some kind of emails or some kind of trace here. Because Chris be, is yeah. not, Chris don't fold his tent and walk away from money. This yeah. guy's a money hound. So, in, in your opinion, uh, this guy's got no career anymore? What do well, you think? I, just did the judgment in the last 10 days. You're talking about, he's in major stuff right now. Yeah. That new episode, that whole new thing of sex in the city is all over it. I think well, he him, dies in the first episode, so oh, oh, oh does he? Wasn't I in a whole lot. Yeah, yeah his yeah, character yeah. dies oh, in the first episode. Sorry, sorry, spoiler alert if anybody hadn't watched it yet, but uh, so it's all over the internet. You can actually see him yeah. die. He's 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 he's, he's on a peloton. And you sure they didn't kill him because of this no. coming out? No, 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 it was already God. out. This oh, they okay. were filming this for. Oh, yeah, because oh, oh. I saw they were no, using he, uh, it to promote it, but then it's over, I guess. No, he had a he had a heart attack. On a, on a peloton and believe it or not when they What's showed this clip Am I... peloton. peloton a peloton, peloton it's a bike stationary bike anyway so i didn't stock, even know what that is <laughs> the, the, the stock, workout machine yeah the stock dropped like 10 percent in one day because uh he died on a machine in a movie the and then they dropped. used him they used him in a commercial for peloton very shortly after they jumped on that very quickly but well, they had I'm a, sure that's now been had, i'm sure that's now been pulled as well i would be to resurrect them <laughs> yeah no, he lost i mean he's i lost millions and millions of dollars in, in revenue it, 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 yeah, shocks it's a shame. it shocks me it really does anyway we can uh we can wrap up the porn uh, uh topic by saying uh, <laughs> They are not involved in porn anymore because obviously it's free. You can find porn anywhere. And they've gone on to bigger and better things. You know, even the mafia has to evolve, you know. Uh, you go where the money is. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, today, I mean, what, what little I know what the mob is doing is major, major legitimate business. They have a lot of money to launder and they're, they're doing it through real estate. Finally, they figured that out. But... Um, you're going to see a lot about Miami shorelines and all of that, and these companies offshore that are buying all this stuff up. It's it's already being leaked out already. It's crazy. Well, that's smart. Yep. All right. Well, I guess we'll earn some money, take a commercial break, 
And uh, all our, all our um, websites are up. So anyone buy, buy anything, just go to, <laughs> go to websites. <laughs> La Cosa Mia, uh, Corleone Fine Italian. I've got so much going on, it's crazy. Thank you all, though. We'll be right back for the mailbag. Mailbag. Because you know how I love to dress. La Cosa Mia will be coming soon. This is just a teaser. Each week, we'll be bringing you more ways to get in touch once their website is up. This line of clothing is from all over the world, and I'm sure you'll want to wear it. All right, Megan, let's listen to our listeners and what they would like to be answered this week. All right, let's get into it. So first we have a message from Susan. Susan says, Gianni, Pat, and Megan, I loved the chapter one rap portion you previewed of The Hollywood Godfather. The first thing that struck me was the background music. It had a sense of fear and the unknown, which must have been the way you felt being so young, stricken with polio and away from everything and everyone that you knew. Matched with the words, it painted a portrait of that period in your life. It's brilliant and cutting edge. Well, I'm looking thank forward you for to that. it. That's big. Once again, my thanks for your books, Gianni and Pat. They are must reads. Megan, you are a bright, refreshing, and valued team member. The best of Christmas wishes and blessings to you and your families. That is very sweet. That well, is. thank you. That's very Thank nice. you, Susan. Susan, we love you. Mm-hmm. Love that. Much appreciated. All right. Next is from Elaine. Elaine says, hello, all. I love your podcast and have become quite interested in all the mob stories now available through podcasts and YouTube. I know you've mentioned in your various podcasts who the, quote, characters in The Godfather were portrayed after. Can you run down that list again for me? Okay. Right now? (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, just the ones you can think of. Well, I mean, we know that Mo Green was supposed to be Bugsy Siegel because he gets shot in the eye. Um, Brando's character, Don Corleone, was three Dons, three acting Dons. The olive oil business at that time was Joe Pofacci. And the the man who had all the politicians and police in his pocket and judges was Frank Costello. And then the humble guy who had the biggest and strongest earning family in the world was Carlo Gambino. And they gave Don Corleone the the Gambino image in the garden with the grandson and all that and all the rest of the caricatures and and the, the, the controls that Profaci had and Costello had, they laced into his speeches. That's with those three. And the rest, I don't know who was what and where. Well, Johnny Fontaine, you know, obviously. Oh, yeah, but he, no, she said gangsters, mob guys. Oh, gangsters. Well, that was Sinatra, supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who the rest were. Barzini, you could have been anybody, could have been. Well, the Barzinis, I always thought because of his dialogue, was Joe Bonanno. Yeah. Because he wanted Hmm. to get into the drug business and he had Salazzo talk to them and and whatever that was about. Interesting. Got it. All right. Well, there you go. Next is from Michael. Michael says, love the book and podcast. Question for Gianni and Patrick. Historically, the unions have supported the Democratic Party, especially with mafia influences. With the party drastically leaning left and shutting down union jobs, why do they 
why do you think they continue to support the Democrats? Well, I mean, it's it's not supporting the party. It's supporting the individual if he's going to work with them, which you have to uh, remember, they went Republican with Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and Sinatra was the Democrat all his life, but when he was told he's going to work with Ronald Reagan, they worked with Ronald Reagan for eight years. It's about the money. It's not the mob. And it certainly isn't about politics. Hello. <laughs> we <Right>. know that. <laughs> so that's yeah, what that's about. Got it. Well, also from Michael. Michael says, next question is for Gianni. Most of your interactions with Mr. Costello seem to be short conversations. Did you ever have a chance to sit at the table when he was holding court and spend long periods to watch or interact with him as part of his inner circle? What were your interactions like? With who? Frank Costello. Costello, I was with him every day for what? Well, not about thirty some thirty years to be exact. No, I mean I I wasn't sitting at the table with him. I would view him from afar. My interactions were nothing. I was there, and then later on, I got more respect from him. But still, I was supposed to be an enigma to anybody he was around. And basically, I was his errand boy early on, and then I got more power, but not with him present. I was replacing him in certain meetings and being his eyes and ears. That's how much trust he had in me. But uh, Costello wasn't a warm and fuzzy guy, believe me. He didn't sit around hugging you. <laughs> All right. Next is from Jeff. Big fan of the show. Guys, question that hasn't been asked. Why wasn't there a hit put out on Giuliani for his cleaning up of the mob? It would have saved a lot of Rudy garbage that the country has been party to over the last year. Well, you know, hitting an ex-mayor and DA, why? Well, that was when he was, he was prosecuting. He was, a, he was a special prosecutor for the Southern District. You don't whack one of those people, even though, and I addressed this in a former book called Undercover Cop, there was talk about it by some renegade uh, wise guys who wanted to whack it, but they were they were shut down immediately. What are you well, out of your mind? I, I, I knew mean, the, about that. They wanted to whack him and thought they would be made to the Gambino family. <laughs> they were told, <laughs> just leave it alone, boy. Yeah, they'd be shot before they left the room. Yep. I mean, yeah, you, you can't, I mean, the... Uh, every 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 law enforcement agency would be on, on top of organized crime until they were decimated. Well, you know, as, you, as you, it was an unwritten law, as Pat can vouch for it on the street. You never shot a cop. Yeah. Hello, or a newspaper <laughs> that, man. That was another. That was another breed of people you stayed away from. Am I right, Pat? Yeah, there's only one newspaper man that was shot that I can recall. It was a guy by the name of Jake Lingle during the Capone years in Chicago. Once again, I don't know how I remember this stuff, but uh, uh, he was privy to too much information. He was the uh, equivalent of a, of a lawyer being house counsel and knowing too much. Capone had Jake Lingle killed. Well, that's the reason why. Uh, the, only newspaper why. Man, yep. the only newspaper man that I ever heard of getting hit. And as far as law enforcement people go, there's been a number of cops killed, not very many, but they, most of them, if not all of them, except one that I can think of, was uh, in, involved 
in some way or another with the yeah, mob. They were dirty. The one guy I, I was thinking of his a, a name that I can't remember. He was uh, dating uh, a capo's ex-wife and got killed because of that. He was shotgunned on the way home. He lived in upstate New York as an NYPD detective. Well, Other I, than that, I, I, always, I always remember a scene that most of our audience will know. When Michael got involved and shot Salazzo and McCluskey, a cop, they had a conversation, the old man and Tom Hagen, to put out the word and make sure that everybody knew it was a dirty cop. Yeah. And that's how they got away with it even way back when in the storyline, the fictitious storyline. They made him dirty. They made him, you know, they was going to kill his father. He was in on the hit working with the mob and drug people. And that's yeah, like so you're like, saying. I, that's the only ones that he really kill. That's where uh, uh, art art limit uh, imitates life. I mean, right. they, the police departments, any law enforcement agency doesn't want to go out of their way to find out who killed a crooked cop. Nope. They won't bring more attention to them. Yeah, exactly. Find out who else is on a pad. Yep. Moving right All right, along. next is from Connor. Gianni and Pat, what do you think was the most successful decade for the Italian mafia and why? Oh, my God. I would say the 50s before uh, uh, they had all these Senate subcommittees. Everybody started to talk. RICO came into effect. Uh, the mob started to get decimated. But the 1950s, uh, that's, that's my choice. They ran the country. What do you think, Johnny? Well, I know what it was. It was prohibition. They never made more money during prohibition. Well, the mob wasn't organized until the end of prohibition. Prohibition ended. Well, they uh, were they were very much organized. I don't know what. Well, I mean, you know, there there weren't any five families. There wasn't any organization to it. There was so much blood on on, on the streets because they couldn't get organized. Well, we still controlled. No, the new people trying to get in. I mean, I, 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 I. those are the stories that Costello talked about at length of how they really controlled it all. I mean, he he yeah. made thirty million dollars himself. Thirty million dollars in the thirties? What's that? Like three billion? Something. <laughs> I'm, I'm just talking about raw power when they were able to work uh, the the magic, uh, be, you know, behind. Uh, the media, nobody was paying attention to them. G. Edgar Hoover denied there was a mafia. Uh, well, he did, he, he, he did basically because they had they had pictures of him, you know. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, you know, you're, you're always doing well until somebody starts to talk. That's why I always say, you know, you, you never get in trouble keeping your mouth shut. Once people started to talk, everything started to crumble. Right. And the, the last decade of that was the 1950s. But they always made money. The post-World War II, this country was rich. And people wanted to spend money. People wanted to gamble. People wanted to use drugs. People just wanted to do it. They wanted to spend. And they had people willing to supply whatever they wanted without any fear of law enforcement involved. When, 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 do, you, when do you think it started to demolish? I, I think right into the 80s it was pretty good. Well, the, I'm just talking about the first thing was Joe Valachi. When even, uh, uh, that was 1964, when even J. Edgar Hoover had to say, well, I guess there is a mafia. Then he started to, uh, he had to enforce it. And he knew all along, of course, there was a mob. He would, yeah. have, he, he would have dinner with Costello in, 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 in the Copa. I mean, he obviously knew what was going on. 
But that's when they started to feel the heat. That was the inception. Well, there and from was, there, it was, to go downhill. There was, there was an understanding with anybody, with Jay Hoover, that they took his bet. He had phone yeah. numbers that Frank gave him, Costello, said anything you want to lay, lay it. And if he lost, they never collected it. The minute he won, he called. When, where am I, when am I getting my Where's money? my money? <laughs> yeah, you, uh, John, you and I discussed that in our book. We had a paragraph or two on that. Yeah, you know, it, for, for, for Jared Gohover, it was a win-win. When, yeah. when he lost, he won. When he won, he won. Well, John yeah. got it was the same way. He was the worst gambler in the world, but he wanted his money. Yeah, <laughs> and he never pay you. Yeah, he's betting. He's betting ten dimes, fifteen dimes a game. This guy. Nobody wanted to take his action. He was treacherous for paying. All right. Well, that is all we have time for tonight. All right. Well, I think another great show. Yes. Thank you so much, all of you. Have well, while we're all together, looking at each other, have a great holiday. You have a safe trip, my darling. Thank you. I have a lot of work for you when you come back. Believe it or not. Okay. We're going into pre-production on the Sounds video good. for our. Um, music videos no 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 I've got to say it right our rapography oh rapography <laughs> yes rapography yeah yes that second song was uh, really good I liked it better than the first one uh, wait till we see where we're going now though it's, it's insane it's going to yeah, be so good. much fun all right Looking well I'll be right. talking to all of you obviously yeah uh, all right. Well, good night, everyone. Good night. And uh, okay, bye-bye. We'll talk. All right, please. Bye-bye. <laughs> I was saying good night, like, to wrap the show. We hadn't oh. done that yet. Oh, okay. Good night, well, everybody. We just start. We just started Oh, we were talking. talking about all this? Well, you had to tell them to edit Yeah, we didn't, we didn't say good night. So right. let's say that now. Let's start over the, the exit. Right now we're going to exit. Good. We want to say good night to all of you. Thank you again for tuning in. Where whatever medium you're using, keep using it. Tell your friends. We need your opinions, your ratings, whatever they are all about. We want to stay on the air forever. Please support us. Pat? Good night, everybody. Megan? Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. God bless you. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Hurley, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. Take this love I long to give you. I'll be at your side forever. Call me. Don't be afraid. You can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around.